It's Friday night, and your work week is over. Get back and get the latest on the Indianapolis Colts. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown! The 10, the 5, a pick 6 for the Colts! Get up to speed on the Colts and the NFL, starting now. And he walks into the end zone! Touchdown, I-N-D-Y! This is the Colts Happy Hour on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. And the show's coming to you live from Broad Ripple, the Broad Ripple Tavern on a Bud Light Blue Friday. we got to start giving away tickets. Yeah, not to Buffalo. We don't have those. But my friends at Zinc Distributing and Bud Light, they've got three pair for that matchup coming up on Sunday, a week from Sunday, against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And we'll start giving away those tickets coming up here in just a bit. Welcome into Colts Happy Hour here on 93.5 and 107.5. The fan, I'm JMV. As always, thank you for joining us. Maybe 30 minutes earlier than usual because the Pacers are on the road in Charlotte tonight. So an hour from now, we'll take you to the Pacer pregame in preparation for that matchup in Charlotte this evening. But right now, it's all about the Colts and all about the matchup in Buffalo coming up as a part of week number 11. Now, week number 11 got underway last night officially. And if there is a team in the NFL that is looking solid, looking strong, and good to go right now, it just might be that New England Patriots team led by Bill Belichick, 25 to nothing over the Atlanta Falcons. And it is worth noting that the Colts will get Belichick and the Pats coming up in the month of December at Lucas Oil Stadium. But last night, it was all Patriots all the time. If you were watching that game toward the end of the first half, when the Falcons got down inside the red zone um, and then went for it on fourth down and uh, didn't end up making it uh, and then got themselves actually third down I think it was when they passed on third and short but a half yard didn't end up making it and then Matt Ryan took a, a sack um, and then place kicker comes out uh, knocks down what about a 45 yarder or so and then they had an illegal formation that pushed him back to 50 and he missed from 50 from that point on it was basically over 25 nothing patriots over the falcons last night on thursday night football and that is a team that the colts are hoping to hang with and be a part of uh, as we close out and uh, close out november get ready to go into the month of december in this NFL schedule. All right, we'll start with Truth or Trash right now. Mo Cox will find the end zone this Sunday, Truth or Trash. It was asking me a little bit earlier. I think it was Mark via Twitter at JMV1070. Uh, give me one thing that you'll see and you'll talk about as being the difference if the Colts end up beating this Bills team on Sunday. And he was asking, what am I talking about on Monday that would be the difference? And to me, this all starts with quarterback pressure. And I mean pressure without letting Josh Allen improvise. Without letting Josh Allen get out of the pocket and try to make some things happen. That, to me, is going to be the key. That, to me, is the biggest key when you look at it right there. I also think that Michael Pittman Jr. needs to have a really good day. And a lot of people say, well, wait a minute, what about Jonathan Taylor? My expectation is for Jonathan Taylor to have a strong day. I just think that he's going to have some help, and he needs that help from Michael Pittman Jr. But to me, it all starts with the way that defense up front hangs around with Josh Allen because I think in the secondary it's going to be made too easy for a guy like Stephon Diggs to have his day 
I think you're going to have to make Josh Allen nervous, apprehensive, and have him question his decision-making. That, to me, starts up front. But you can go ahead and ride that truth or trash question if you like, whether or not you believe Mo Cox will find the end zone on Sunday. Truth or trash, as we also always start out. Voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, has that opportunity. What's that, man? Good to see you, brother. Has that opportunity to converse with the Colts head coach, Frank Reich, as we we always start on a Friday and Colts happy hour. Matt, take it away. All right, thank you, JMV. It's now time for the head coach's report with Frank Reich. And, Coach, after three straight at home, you hit the road for a battle against a really good football team in Buffalo on Sunday. How eager is this team for the challenge to prove themselves now that you're 5-5 five and five and you've hit the reset button on the season record-wise? You know, very eager. It's a great opportunity in front of us. Um, we know it's going to be a challenge, but we've had a very good week of practice. I think the guys are focused and ready to go. Uh, you, you've said this week that the Colts have played a lot of good football against really good teams, but haven't found ways to close games out. How confident are you that this team has grown in that regard and can play a full 60-minute game against a very good team in Buffalo? I'm very confident, and I'm very confident, and I'm really looking, but we still have to prove it. you know. And we have proved it against some other teams. You know, good teams, but obviously those teams, not the playoff teams that we're talking about here. Um, So uh, now we have to take that next step and go do it on the road against one of the hotter teams in the NFL. So looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. Buffalo's defense is the best in the NFL when it comes to yards allowed, points allowed. Coach, they don't have a ton of weaknesses, I'm sure, when you flip them on on tape. What is it about that unit that makes them elite, at least statistically? I just think it's the the overall talent level. Um, you know, they they have no weaknesses. I mean, they're 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 really good from all the way through the lineup, and uh, and then they rotate guys through. They got good depth, so really good players, very well coached. Um, and then they and then Matt, they've been together like the whole time. Sean, you know that Sean mm-hmm. McDermott's been there. You know, they've been together, so they've been in that system. They know the system. They play well off each other. So. Um, a lot of respect you know, to the Bills' defense. Yeah, obviously really good team on defense. Do you have to kind of tell yourself or remind yourself going into the game that, hey, if, if things aren't going perfect all the time, we have to stay patient in what we do. We have to stick to our game plan. How much emphasis is there on, on not panicking if they do make a couple of plays, especially early on on defense? Yeah, that's a really interesting comment that, because you're exactly right. You do think that. You also think that, hey, don't limit yourself thinking that just because it's a great defense that we can't go up and down the field. Mm-hmm. And so you really got to – you really have to think both ways. And I've had this experience before, um, you know, multiple times where you're going up against a top-ranked defense and have a great outing. Um, and, and so you don't want to limit yourself just based on the rankings and, and what this team has done. Um but at the same time, you know they're, they're good. So if you do struggle for a couple series, yes, you're exactly right. You have to be patient and stay focused. Yeah, ball protection both ways. It's going to be big in this game. They lead the NFL with 24 takeaways, and they've only played nine games. They also have 74 points off of those turnovers, which is second in the league behind only the Colts. And they had a season-high five last week against the Jets. Why have they been so opportunistic this season, similar to your defense, which you see every day in practice? Same thing. They're very, you know, first of all, it starts with talent and, and then playmaking ability. Um, you know, they play a lot of zone. Well, they, they mix up their coverage, but in their zone coverage, they play with good vision. Their DBs have good ball skills. 
so that the balls that are coming to them, they're making the plays, and then they're good at causing fumbles. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're, 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 they're a good, good team. So, uh, of course, like you said, though, Matt, we're, we're good at the same – our defense is the same way, mm-hmm. built the same way in many respects. So, um, this is going to really, as you just pointed out, going to be one of the pivotal – points of the game you know which defense can cause more turnovers and then which offense can score more points off of those turnovers yeah that's frank reich with us on the head coach's report on offense the bills just as good as their defense they have the second best scoring average in the league at 31 points per game what are some of the the big picture items that make the bills high powered on offense well it starts with their quarterback right josh allen he's an elite player um Big arm, can make all throws, great leader. Um, but they, they have great skill, obviously. They, they get the ball down the field. Um, you know, they got a dynamic pass attack, uh, d- dynamic weapons. You know, and then they, you know, they mix their run game. They don't run it a ton, but when they do, they run it fairly well. You know, Singletary averages five yards a carry. You know, Josh Allen, they don't run him a ton, but when they do, he's effective running the ball. So, um, good challenge for our defense. We really got to keep Josh Allen right contained in the pocket. He's going to get loose once or twice, yeah. but um, he makes so many plays out of the pocket. We're going to have to do a good job of keeping him contained in that pocket. You know, going back to the Colts defense, I want to talk about one guy specifically, and that's Taylor Stallworth. He's got three sacks in the last two games after recording just one and a half sacks in his first 41 games of his career coaches playing time is up here lately how have you seen him kind of turn into a interior pass rush threat and not just a, a good run stuffer for the colts well just he deserves a lot of credit he just continued to work hard and and then just has been very opportunistic in these last couple of weeks and really just some some great effort and great technique and and great finish by taylor so um it's funny how it goes you know player gets a little bit of mojo and gets mm-hmm. some confidence and, and then you can raise the level of your game. And, and so I think that's what we're seeing with Taylor. That's Frank Reich with us. And the Colts have been great all season long on special teams. That played out last Sunday against Jacksonville. You got a block punt for a score. Um, the Bills have a great returner in Isaiah McKenzie. He is leading the NFL on kickoff return average. He's also really good on punt returns as well. What kind of focus do you have to have on him this week in the return game? Excellent returner. Really good speed. Vertical returner. Um, you know, we're going to have to be disciplined in our coverage, aggressive in our coverage, and, uh, you know, because they, they do have an excellent return game. All right. You know this stadium well, right? I mean, you played for the Bills for 10 seasons. You know the stadium. You know the fans. You know the we- uh, the weather up there. What kind of environment, where does Highmark Stadium rank in terms of environment and, and the challenge that the crowd poses on you? Yeah, it's all, you know, you're right off Lake Erie right there, so there's always a wind coming off there. I don't think, the, you know, the weather could be a little bit of rain. There's always going to be a little bit of wind. I don't think the temperatures are going to be severe. So in, in all due respect, it really could be um, – it's not going to be easy conditions, but it should it should just be normal Buffalo conditions. Mm-hmm. And we've had some – we had some heavy winds yesterday at practice. Um, you know, we've had our share uh, – we had that rain game uh, out there in the 49ers. I think that's covered <laughs> us as far as some practice in the rain. And, yeah. Um, any, anyway, uh, I think our guys will be focused. You know, we'll, have, we'll take care of all the equipment issues we need and, and be ready just to play good sound fundamentals and, and play good football. All right, lastly, Coach, what are your keys to this game in order for the Colts to come away with a win in Week 11 at Buffalo? 
Well, we already mentioned the one, Matt, you know, just talking about the turnovers and then the points off of turnovers. That, that's that's going to be key. And, you know, and then for us on offense, right, we want to keep JT going. Um, we, we need to keep JT going, keep that run game going, um, you know, create some explosive plays. The Bills are, are really good at limiting explosive plays in the run game. So we need to do a good job there. Our receivers have been on point blocking downfield. And then, you know, off of that, we – even though their defense against the pass is the best in the NFL right now, we're still going to have to make plays down the field. We're going to have to make plays down the field. We need to protect well and then be able to make those chunk plays down the field to pit T.Y. Mm-hmm. and the rest of the guys. And then defensively, right, we got to contain them. we got to contain Josh Allen, like we said, in the pocket, but then limit the number of big plays. And then at the end of the day, Matt, the last thing I would say, is I really believe it's going to come down to red zone football on both sides of the ball, you know, on on limiting them to field goals and us scoring touchdowns when we get in the red zone. All right, that's Frank Reich. That's our weekly report with the head coach of the Colts. Coach, as always, greatly appreciate the time, and good luck against the Buffalo Bills in Week 11. Thanks, Matt. Frank Reich, Matt Taylor right there on Colts Happy Hour. Single game tickets for the Colts 2021 campaign, which continues. Uh, you still have matchups with the Buccaneers, Patriots, and Raiders. All coming up. If you want to check it out, you go to Colts.com slash tickets or Ticketmaster.com today to do more. We got a lot more for you coming up as well. Quiddy Pay, who uh, has had some good efforts here recently, and that is something that needs to continue coming up on Sunday. So a conversation with Matt Taylor and the Colts rookie coming up here on the other side. Hey, head over to Drake's and District Tap on the north side for the Colts Buffalo game this Sunday. There's going to be drink specials, giveaways, opportunities to meet Colts legend Ken Dilger. That's Ken Dilger, the former tight end. Colts cheerleaders and more. That's from 1 until 3 uh, coming up on Sunday with that. All right. On the other side, I mentioned Quiddy Pay. He is going to be here and uh, we'll have more for you. All upon a Colts happy hour live from the Broad Ripple Tavern. It is a Bud Light Blue Friday with Buccaneers Colts tickets. We shall start to give away coming up next, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We now return to the Colts happy hour, an inside look at the Colts on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Colts happy hour brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today and make every moment more uh, the truth of trash regarding Mo Alley Cox. If you want to go there, catching a touchdown pass, and still to come, Rick Venturi is going to come along, get you set up for Week 11 in that matchup in Buffalo with the Colts and the Bills. But right now, we'll welcome back one Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, and somebody that's coming along now as a rookie. Kind of, I guess, if you want to describe it this way, getting his feet underneath him a little bit more, snap after snap. The rookie out of Michigan, the defensive lineman, Quiddy Pay, with our good friend Matt Taylor right now. Matt. All right, thank you, JMV. I'm indeed joined on the line now by Colts rookie defensive end, Quiddy Pay. Quiddy, thanks for the visit today, man. How are you? I'm doing all right. Awesome, awesome. Hey, let's go back to last week. Last Sunday, you recorded your first sack of your career. You got to Trevor Lawrence. How good did that feel, walking out of Lucas Oil Stadium with that sack? Sack number one, first of many more to come. Oh, man, it felt great. You know, I felt like uh, a weight was lifted off my shoulders. Uh, so for me, I'm just going to, you know, there's there's blood in the water now. So I'm going to just try to uh, go up there and hunt every single Sunday. Yeah, take me through that play. How did you get a clean shot on the quarterback? How did you come about your first sack? So for me, I was just trying to stay alive because um, 
you know, kind of something that we learn as the alignment, you know, uh, with the sets that O-linemen give us. So, you know, the O-linemen kind of, well, the play action pass, we kind of came off as a run block, but then he didn't give me any pressure. So um, I knew then um, just to stay alive is to stay on the edge and then came off the edge. And um, I saw a couple other guys, you know, um, hunting them down. So for me, it was just a race to the quarterback at that point, and I was just trying to get there before everyone else. <laughs> That's Quiddy Pay with us. Now, your production's really been taken off lately, right? I mean, four, five quarterback hits, a pass defensed, a sack in these last two games. What's been clicking with you lately around the midway point of the season for you? I think for me, just making sure that I'm speaking with um, Coach Bake and Coach Rach, you know, every single day, um, trying to, you know, just formulate a plan going into the game. And um, when I'm watching the tape, you know, just kind of watching the cut-ups on each old lineman, like just watching how they set and like what moves uh, work best against them and then making sure I work it in practice. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's definitely a frustrating process, but, you know, you just got to trust the process and um, continue to work. And, uh, you know, on Sundays they'll pay off. Hey, you talk about watching film on offensive linemen, on offensive tackles. What are you looking for? How do you watch film? What are some subtle things that you're trying to pick up on? I think for me, just kind of seeing uh, what kind of player they are, if they're an aggressive player or mm-hmm. kind of just like a blocker. And then from there, you know, just kind of watching um, to see how they hit, you know, how they punch because every alignment has a different punch. You know, some are inside punchers, some are outside punchers. Some are, you know, over the shoulder, you know, grabbers and whatnot. So from there, you know, you just got to try and put together a plan and you got to figure it out fast because sometimes they'll change it up on you in game. And uh, I, I um, I got a taste of that when we played the Titans. You know, Taylor, he switched up his set crazy. So uh-huh. that was the first thing for me just because that's my first time seeing that. But, um, you know, just staying patient and um, just 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 trying to work it. What's the biggest difference? Quiddy Pay is with us, a rookie defensive end for the Indianapolis Colts. What's the biggest difference between offensive linemen coming from college in the Big Ten to offensive tackles in the NFL? How much better are they up here at this level? Oh, every, everyone's good, you know. There's no, you know, we're all professionals, so there's no uh, bad offensive linemen, you know. They're all really good, and um, the feet are extremely well. You know, in college, you know, you'll go up against maybe like a talented player that's um, projected to get drafted here and there, but mm-hmm. and then they're, you know, they're all professionals. So everyone has good feet, you know, everyone's technicians, everyone's, you know, wise and all that stuff, so... For me, just trying to, you know, even I'm a rookie, I'm just trying to speed up my pace and just uh, speed up my process and just get uh, thinking like how the other D linemen do. You're also moving around a little bit on that defensive line. How challenging is that to line up in multiple spots along the defensive line and go up against several offensive linemen throughout the course of the game? It's not challenging at all, really. I, I kind of did it in college. I'm I'm kind of used to it because um, in college, you know, I'd played nose, three tech, and left or right. And when I came to the league, they kind of just really had me at the right side. And um, one day in practice or one day in game, I just switch. I mean, uh, yeah, I just switched randomly. And coach asked me, hey, is that uncomfortable for you? I was like, no, I actually like moving around. So from there, <laughs> they were just like, all right, cool. We'll, we'll move around a little bit. So, you know, that's that's been fun, you know, being able to play on the left side and play on the right side, being able, uh, being able to switch it up on different alignment and uh, give them a, um, a different look. That's Quiddy Pay with his defensive end for the Indianapolis Colts. Now your position coach, you brought him up, Brian Baker. He's been very complimentary of you in your work ethic, your consistency in practice all season long, really dating back to the start of training camp, Quiddy. How has he helped you in your development as a rookie with him being your position coach? Yeah, uh, I really got to thank Coach Baker because you know, he's been real patient with me, um, you know, 
when you get a newbie, uh, a rookie, or you know, even in college, when you get the freshman, you know, they're kind of out there running with with their their uh, heads cut up. But you know, he just kind of you know stay patient with me, and you know, just understanding, just trying to understand how I am as a pass rusher, and you know, kind of like trying to compliment me and um, just teach me different things to make to uh, elevate my game. So you know, coach Coach Big really really helped me throughout this process. Now you've said a few times this season that you, you've tried to keep things simple. Um, you haven't put too much on your own plate. That's that's by design. That's on purpose. How has that helped you in your transition to the NFL? I think it definitely helped me, you know, because now I'm not really thinking about all the extra stuff. You know, I'm just kind of thinking about football and um, just trying to get better. You know, it's it's a I have, I have a, I have a full plate. You know, so for me, mm-hmm. you know, watching film all the time and you know, even like walking through my house, I'm doing I'm working through my steps as far as like my pass rush <laughs> and my stunts and whatnot. So it's really football twenty four seven. So yeah. for me, um, I really like that because that's allowing me to you know just um, accelerate my my process. That's Quiddy Pay with us, rookie defensive end for the Colts. Now, people always talk about the rookie wall, Quiddy. I mean, you're playing 17 games this season, the regular season, plus you've had training camp, a preseason. It's a lot longer. The NFL season's a lot longer than a college season. Have you hit that rookie wall yet? And if not, how are you trying to prevent that from happening? Oh, no, I think um, – the the organization here, you know, they're really taking care of the players um, as far as the schedule and, um, you know, just, just listen to the players, making sure they're take, taking care of our bodies and all that. Um, and then I feel like, you know, that Thursday night game kind of helped us because then we had a lo- pretty long weekend. Mm-hmm. So that was like a mini bye, and then we get another bye um, after the December 5th game. So kind of two byes in a, in a season. So for me, I feel like I'll, I'll be good going into the um, – until the rest of the year. Yeah, down the home stretch here, seven games left for the Colts, and Quiddy Pay is with us. Now, you've been battling through a hamstring um, at times this season. I know you've missed a couple of games because of that. How has that been trying to play through that, and, and how nagging has that been for you this year? Um, I think it's there, um, but for me, I'm just kind of just trying to, like, have a strong mindset and just try and, you know, continue to, work past it um you know my my favorite quote ever is um if you can't fly run if you can't run walk if you can't walk crawl whatever you do keep moving forward but Mm -hmm. i'm okay so for me you know i just trying to think about that every single day uh when i go out there and you know just try and be my best self um for the team because i felt like when i was on the sideline i wasn't really uh helping the team as much Mm -hmm. so for me you know just trying to be out there and um give the team anything that i can give you know, even if it's a couple of plays or whatever it may be, I'm going to try to go out there and um, just uh, do my best. All right, let's talk about Sunday. What challenges do you have in Buffalo? Talk to me about their offense. Talk to me about Josh Allen, their quarterback. He's a guy that obviously can make things happen through the air, but he can get out on the edge a little bit and run too. Yeah, exactly. So for us, you know, just looking at the stats and one now, you know, we're just um, seeing how many times he escapes out the pocket and predominantly – to the right, um, I think it was like 200 times, 203 times he scrambled to the right and then 100 times to the left. So, you know, just trying to make sure we keep him inside the pocket and just making sure that, um, you know, just, yeah, just the D lineman working as one, keeping him contained. Because once he gets out the pocket, that's when you see he makes those really deep throws. And, you know, um, uh, last game, we kind of let Trevor out the pocket a little bit. But, you know, he he kind of just took off scrambling where this, we could redo that. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Josh Allen, you know, a bet quarterback, he'll, he'll definitely make our defense pay. So, you know, just trying to keep him inside the pocket and uh, just... 
But uh, Quiddy Pay right there with Matt Taylor on Colts Happy Hour here at 93.5 and 107.5. The fan, we're at Broad Ripple Tavern. Bud Light brings us to you. We've got Buccaneers and Colts tickets to give away a week from Sunday. Tom Brady is back in Indianapolis, and that is going to be a popular ticket. Got to thank my friends Ed Zink for setting us up with tickets here. Three pair, in fact, we're giving away up until we go to pace a pregame here at the bottom of the 6 o'clock hour. All right, still more to come, including our good friend Rick Venturi. He's going to give you that coach's connection along with Matt Taylor. Some things the Colts need to do to prove it to us that they can beat a good team, and in this case, a good team on the road. Rick Venturi, Matt Taylor coming up on the other side. This is Colts Happy Hour, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Caesars Sportsbook, the sportsbook for the people. Download and get started with a risk-free bet of up to $5,000. Terms and conditions apply must be 21 years or older. No show talks more about the Colts than this one. This is the Colts Happy Hour on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hey, welcome back to Farm Credit Union Question of the Week. In Jacksonville, there's a new head coach and a quarterback with Urban Iron and Trevor Lawrence. I believe I've already read this one, Matt. Um, I, I need to tell Matt this at some point and Casey this as well. That I think this one is an old one. Let's see if I follow this accurately here. All right, head coach and quarterback, Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence. Since the common draft era, 1967, uh, blah, blah, blah. Who was the most recent duo to accomplish that feat? Now, outside of the blah, blah, blah part, Kyle, was this not the question that we read last week? Forum Credit Union question of the week. The duo that went in as a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback. Oh, Kyle doesn't remember. I'm, it's a good thing I've got the great long-term because that answer, if you remember, was a Colts answer. Chuck Pagano and Andrew Luck back in 2012. Mark Sanchez and Rex Ryan and Joe Flacco and John Harbaugh were also a recent head coach and quarterback as rookie duo in the NFL to be the answer to that question. The Form Credit Union fan form section of Colts.com. Interact with Colts fans online, post a topic and more. Form Credit Union helping members live their financial dreams. All right. Meantime, let's get to the bottom of this matchup coming up on Sunday in Buffalo. The voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, and our good friend Rick Venturi tell you all you need to know. Matt. All right, thank you, JMV. Let's get ready for the Buffalo Bills Week 11 on Inside Football with Rick Venturi. And, Rick, the Bills come into the game on the big picture. They're 6-3, and three, solidly in the playoff race at this point. They lead the AFC, uh, AFC East, that is, after winning that division last year for the first time since 1994. They started the season hot, but they're 2-2 two two in the last month, including a 9-6 loss to the Jaguars. Statistically, they're one of the best teams in the NFL. They're led by Josh Allen on offense. They have the second-best scoring offense in the NFL at over 31 points per game. On defense, they have the best numbers in the league in total yards and points allowed. They're a very well-coached team, and it's a team that will have home field advantage in this game. Rick, what else do you like about the Bills in the big picture? Well, you know, I think you you did a really good job of kind of outlining it for me. I think, you know, they are very well-coached. McDermott has done a real good job. He's got two really experienced coordinators in Dayball on offense who's been around uh, and, uh, and, and Frazier, Leslie Frazier on defense, who we all know. So, you know, they're very well coached. I think they do a particularly good job 
of playing to their personnel. I think they get their personnel in the best position to win. You're exactly right. Statistically, they're off the charts. Uh, you know, two in scoring, number five total. And then when you look at the defense, and I just I can't make myself believe they're this good, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, in points, points given up, they're number one, and they're number one in run and number one in pass. So it's hard to argue the effectiveness of their defense. I mean, there there's two tremendous players on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, Allen, I call him a rifle on wheels because he's got a Winchester arm, and yet he can run like hell, and he can – he has the presence of mind to run, and he wants to gash you deep, a little bit like Russell Wilson does. If he, if he can get on your edge, he's looking to throw that ball 50 yards downfield. And they have a tremendous receiver. I would have him in a conversation for the best receiver in the league in Diggs. I, I don't think there's any question about it. I have great respect for him. We saw it in the playoffs when they needed to play. Uh, you know, he got us. Um, they've got other good guys. We'll talk about that as we go. Beasley has become a Wes Welker, Edelman, great third down, short guy. Sanders is reliable. You know, they're, they're running backs. They got three running backs. They use them all, um, you know, and they, they use them all interchangeably. Singletary's kind of their bounce, kind of their jitterbug guy. When Moss is in the game, he's going to run north and south in between the tackles. And then they got Breida playing last week after an injury. He's kind of their pass guy. Get him out loose and, and go. So, you know, there's a lot of skill there. Uh, it's a solid offensive line. I think they have weaknesses. I think their tackles are slow-footed. I think their left guard, Bachner, is, uh, is, a, is an issue. But the problem is, for the most part, like the, you know, the great scrambling quarterbacks, Allen erases a lot of that. I mean, Allen is a, really a tremendous player. And the thing that he's done – that really has sold me is I really questioned Matt when he came out this accuracy. Honestly, it was about a 52% coming out of college. And normally that doesn't change a lot. You know, accuracy pretty much is what you are. You, you can kind of see it with Lawrence last week. I mean, he's all over the place and that's what he was in college. He just played on a great team, but this kid has really, he's gone from a 52 to up around 68%. I mean, I, I'm not sure I've ever seen that before. That increase, along with his athleticism, makes it makes it very very difficult. But I think you know when you look at him, uh, here's what I, here's what I think you really have to do in this game. And the first two must are going to both be related to Allen because I think at the end of the day I'm going to give you all these must. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, you've got to control Allen and Diggs. I mean, if you control those two guys in the game and they don't have big games then you got a really good chance to beat them. Not that they don't have other guys, but those two guys are the money guys. And I think, number one, Dable does a really good job, the offensive coordinator. He has really done a good job of mixing the NCAA RPO game, naked boots. You saw him bust a third and one last week. You know, he got everybody sucked in, and boom, he's out the gate. And, and a lot of those designer runs come when – you know, different in critical situations, third and short, um, red zone, uh, two minutes. And if the game's on the line, all of a sudden you'll start seeing these designers that you don't see during the week. So you got to be really, really, really uh, sharp, and particularly on the edge. If it's third and one, you got to let those inside guys play the inside. You got to be ready because he's coming. 
And then, you know, the other thing that he's done, though, is he's incorporated as he's gotten older and more experienced, the spread game, the quick rhythm, um, uh, what I call horizontal, cross the field, get it out quick. And then kind of the, the big thing that he does a really good job on first down is that play action. And that's when he tries to get you deep with digs or uh, Emmanuel Sanders. So, you know, that's kind of their offense. And I think I say, number one, you got to have a real good plan for those RPOs and those quarterback designers. You can't, you can't let him get going on that stuff. And you really have to have that ready. As I said, in those very critical situations, particularly in the fourth quarter, like in a two minute drive, that's when they call plays for him. Number two, and maybe more importantly during the game is you have to have a really good rush plan for him. Okay. You know, we let, I was disappointed in this. We let Lawrence whose only asset right now is athleticism. He can't throw as good as me at this point. He can't throw as accurate as me, but he was, he, he made 33 critical yards that kind of kept things going. If we do that against Allen, we will get killed because it won't be 33 yards. It might be a hundred yards, but more importantly, he's going to step up and out, and he's going to get somebody downfield. So the rush plan is probably the most important thing we have, and we cannot let him get on the edge. His big plays, Matt, his wow plays come when the scramble goes outside, when he gets outside. You saw it in our playoff game. Gets outside, edge, edge, and then, man, he can throw that thing on the run as good as anybody I've ever seen. So, you know, basically, you know, you have to have a good rush plan. I'm not opposed to setting the edge and blitzing him inside, but set the edge first and then pack it, you know, bring extra guys inside where if he tries to run inside, boom, you can hit him. But set the edge on this guy. This is one of the weakest part of our teams this year. This year, And it was bad Sunday. It, you, you saw it on the long run to Agnew. We have not played well on the edge, be it run or be it bootleg pass. So this, again, this is vital. And then I, plaster is vital versus him. By plaster, I mean, if you got a receiver downfield, you cover him to the end of time. If he runs the Southport, you run the Southport with him. If he <laughs> runs to Noblesville, you run to Noblesville with him because he's going to extend and you don't want up and give a big play on extension. All right, the Bills on defense are just as impressive as their offense, maybe more so. Again, Rick Venturi, I'm Matt Taylor. This is Inside Football. Buffalo's defense is number one in the NFL in yards per game at 274 and points per game allowed at 15, and it's not a fluke either. They have two shutouts on the season. They have held five teams to 17 points or less, which is in the NFL. That's really doing something. The Bills are also number one in completion percentage allowed, yards per attempt, passing touchdowns allowed, yards per play, first downs per game, third down defense, takeaways with 24, including a league-high 15 picks. And I didn't mention all the other categories where they rank either number two or three. That's a boatload more. That unit is guided by Leslie Frazier, who's a very good defensive coordinator. They've got a lot of great players on that defense, including Jerry Hughes, Tremaine Edmonds at linebacker, Tredavious White at corner, Micah Hyde in the secondary at safety. So a detailed blueprint, Rick, on the Bills on defense. Yeah, you're exactly right. I I think number one is that they're really, you know, I think they really show the effect of, you know, McDermott was a terrific defensive coordinator for mm-hmm. years and years and years. Terrific defensive coordinator. 
And he and Leslie compliment Leslie Frazier compliment themselves so well. You know, you mentioned all the numbers, so I'm not going to get into the numbers game. But what I see is that they have come up with a scheme. It's very practical. It's not super. I mean, it's not tremendous volume, but there's a lot of nuance with every defense. And their defense, Matt, is very sticky, and they contest every play. There's almost no time where there's a no cover zone. You know, if you look at them individually, uh, you know, with the you know with the exception of Tredavious White, the corner who I consider ambient, I don't know that I see everybody as an ambient, but the rest of them, with one exception, are all two Tylenol guys. They're I mean they're all really close. I mean they've got a boatload of really good football players. They play exceptionally well together. I think in the sense in and you know I like this as a coach. I think that their whole, when the way they play together, the way everybody meshes, and the fact that they have no, almost no liabilities, I would say with the exception of Wallace, their two-corner, I, I, honestly, the way they play as a unit and the scheme, when you put it all together, the whole is much greater than the parts. Now, that's a good news, but it also means that they're not necessarily better than we are talent-wise, if you follow what I'm saying. I mean, it's good news. Bad news. Again, they're strong on the edge. Uh, you know, you know. basically, we know Jerry. Jerry has never had good games against us, but we can't take that for granted. Rousseau, who's the rookie, who's playing better than people thought. Uh, you know, and then Addison, they have good edge guys. Uh, Latulale, if he's back, I think he will be. He had a COVID issue mm-hmm. last week. Right. And, uh, uh, you know, Oliver is just really, really active. He's not knocked out the numbers. If you look at, you know, the one thing that they really are like 19th on is they're not a great sack team either, really. They're really not. They kind of get them collectively. There's nobody that just stands out that's like the number one sack guy. But Oliver is really, really active. He's a little bit – he's the kid out of Houston, a little bit undersized. They can really go – you know, Edmonds um, and Milano are really active linebackers. Now, Edmonds was out with that hamstring, but Klein came in there and really did a great job. Secondary, you're exactly White. White is just outstanding. He, he's a he's a legitimate uh, elite corner, and he's going to match it. He he is going to go to Pittman. I can guarantee you that coming in. Uh, I think the one live and well, let me let me stay with strengths. I think Johnson is a very very good nickel number twenty four. He plays in the box and Matt. They almost play nickel the whole game. They never. I I've, I've looked at two games. I don't think I've seen a base defense. To tell you the truth, it's nickel be, and they and they can do that because Johnson is a lot like Kenny, really tough, but he's also a good cover guy. Safety's outstanding. I'm not sure there's a better twosome. Uh, with Poyer and Hyde, Poyer has four picks, Hyde has three. You know, they're good run players, good tacklers. Like I said, I, that's probably the premier tandem in the league. If they have one liability, and it, it's not a severe liability, but if you're going to, if you get in a critical situation and you have to go after somebody, you want to go after Wallace, number 39, who will be, he'll be opposite of White in that regard. Now, in terms of, in terms of the must, you've got to continue to beat them on first down. 
That's uh, Matt Taylor, Rick Venturi right there on Colts Happy Hour, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. And we're brought to you by Meyer, the official super center of the Colts and a proud sponsor of hundreds of local sports teams across the Midwest. Now, speaking of you sports teams out there, I know you, you guys are well on your way right now while you're listening to go to these semi-state football contests in and around the area tonight. I want to give a thumbs up and the best of luck to everybody out and about tonight going to a high school football semi-state contest. We're live in Broad Ripple for you right now, the Broad Ripple Tavern, Bud Light Blue Friday. We have another pair of Buccaneers Colts tickets to give away while we're here. And from the NFL Network, Brian Baldinger is going to join Casey Vallier coming up on the other side. All a part of Colts Happy Hour, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Quick break, and we're back with you next on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Welcome back to the Colts Happy Hour. We're getting you in the know on the Colts heading into the weekend. Hey, welcome back, Colts Happy Hour. I'm JMV, Broad Ripple Tavern, Bud Light Blue Friday. Thank you for joining us. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today and make every moment more. Uh, right now, former NFL offensive lineman Brian Baldinger and a conversation with Casey Vallier from the Colts Radio Network. Case. Well, it is my pleasure to be joined by former offensive lineman Brian Baldinger of the NFL Network, and he'll be on the call of the Colts-Bills game this Sunday, part of the Compass Media Networks. Baldy, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. I, I mean, it's, it's a marquee game this week. And I, I think for the Colts, I mean, I'm sure we're going to get to it here, but, you know, they were in the early season crypt, and they've done the, dug themselves out right now. And, you know, they, they beat up on all the, the teams that they should beat. But this is this is critical here this week. This is a good team they're going against, and they can really you know get a barometer turn where they're at right now. No, absolutely. I mean, it, and you look at it from both sides. I mean, you, you talk about it from a Colts perspective, but you also look at it from the Bills. You look at the records, and you're like, all right, they're fighting for that one seed, but they're also fighting you know, to remain relevant in their own in their own division because the Patriots continue to put up wins. So it's a big game for the Bills in that respect as well. These games right now, uh, we've already had the frost and the pumpkin. You know, Thanksgiving is around the corner. Right. Like, this is, this is the time when you got to start stacking wins. And really, what you want to do if you feel like you're a playoff team is you want to get battle-tested. You want to get battle-tested before those. And so the only way you truly get battle-tested is by going up against the best and measuring yourself. I mean, this Bills team comes in with the number one defense in football, and all you have to do is turn the projector on to see why. You know, and offensively, they're right there at the very top with one of the best you know, passing combinations in the league with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. I mean, the Colts are going to get everything they want right now in this uh, in this game. And, you know, you, you, you get on a plane ride home and beat Buffalo, you feel like you could beat anybody in this league. And that's just – that's how locker rooms work. That's how teams work. That's how big games work. When we break down this game, I kind of want to start with an area I know you love. We've got two elite offensive lines facing off on Sunday. For the Colts, the starting five is finally intact, and it kind of they, they appear to be gelling as of late. What have you seen from this Colts offensive line recently? Well, I thought they I, I thought they got tested pretty good by Jacksonville. Not just, you know, Josh Allen, who had a pretty good day in the first half, but I thought they saw a lot of blitzes from Jacksonville that you don't normally see, a lot of pressures. And so, you know, when you're talking about gelling, uh, that's when you know uh, when you're playing well together, when you can pick those kind of things up and protect your quarterback. And I think they can still get better than what I've seen. I thought, I thought Carson took too many hits. And I want to see Carson trust the protection more. I understand, you know, you've had issues at the tackle position. You know, uh, Big Q has missed time. 
So I understand being, you know, a little bit in a rush to get outside the pocket when things aren't there. But I want to see Carson trust this protection a little bit more this week against Buffalo. I, I think I think he'll be better. I think the passing game will be better. And I think the combination of Carson and the offense line will be better if he could do that. Now, sticking with Carson Wentz, I know he's, he's been in a Colts uniform now through 10 games. How would you assess his play for, to this point? You know, he's a cyborg. I mean, he's as tough as they can come. I mean, he was flattened a bunch of times the other day, um, you know, just being chased on over the field all the way to the end when they had to, you know, preserve the, the end of the game there, that throw to Pittman on the sideline. I mean, he's literally falling off his – you know, falling right on his face as he's making that yeah. throw to Pittman that really put the game on ice. I mean, he's just a he's just a fierce, fierce competitor, and um, nothing really stops that guy, uh, no matter whether it's injury or defeat or anything. I mean, he's he's wired the right way to compete, and that's what I'm seeing. You know, and the fact that uh, I think he's really building a pretty good relationship with Michael Pittman, which is really huge. Yeah. Right now, I mean, we know he can throw to the backs and. You know, we got to see T.Y. here is as he gets healthier and is on the field more. But I, I think the fact that he's got a real number one wide receiver, Michael Pittman, right now, is, is real huge for this offense. You talk about having a number one receiver. Well, we know they have a number one running back in Jonathan Taylor, who's going to take over the league lead in rushing yards. He's tied right now with Derrick Henry, so just one yard on Sunday, which I assume is going to come early. How impressed have you been by Jonathan Taylor running back for the Colts? Well, he leads the league in, you know, total yards. He's, you know, he's tied with Derrick Henry with rushing yards. He's averaging almost six yards a carry. I mean, you'd think he's back at Wisconsin. <laughs> right. Indiana, you know, with the numbers that he's putting up right now. Uh, and it's consistent. But, you know, the thing about him is there's a lot of players that would have that combination that he has, and they'd be in too big of a hurry. And he, he, he isn't. He really understands that, yes, he's got a, a very explosive step and he can hit home runs. But he's not trying to do it every play. And so I think he's got the right feel for when to hit the juice and, you know, try to hit that 20-yard run versus, you know what, there's it's third and three. Let's get three and a half yards and get first down. Let's go. And so I think he's just got a, a rare combination of uh, patience, and then when it's time to just get the yards that are there, he gets the yards that are there. And that's not easy for a young player to do. Hey, thank you to Brian Baldinger right there and Casey Vallier for joining us here on Colts Happy Hour. Uh, appreciate everybody for listening as well. i got to thank everybody, Nikki and Joe Smith here at the Broad Ripple Tavern for having us. My man Chad's up there at the bar. Uh, Sam's doing the engineering here. Sam, great job out of you. Um, our promotions ladies have been fantastic. And Kyle Udemart back at the station. Uh, thank you very much for being a part of this as well. Uh, coming up tomorrow night, 6 until midnight, the JMV takeover, the final one before Christmas music hiatus. We got that coming up tomorrow night. I'll explain a little bit more. We'll take a break and come back and close it up. Live from Broad Ripple, it's a Bud Light Blue Friday with our friends from Bud Light and Zinc in Broad Ripple and Colts Happy Hour. Not 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We now return to the Colts Happy Hour, an inside look at the Colts on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Thank you, Sean Matthews, the voice of the JMV Takeover right there. In the meantime, the Colts Audio Network includes the Colts official podcast, radio shows, pest conferences, uh, player interviews. It's all available on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere else you download podcasts today. Listen to exclusive Colts audio content on demand and stay up to date with the Colts on your schedule. 
Um, appreciate that. I mentioned, too, JMV Takeover tomorrow night, 6 until midnight, the final one, live all-request show until uh, New Year's Eve when I'm going to come back. So I'm going to have like a month of Christmas music hiatus, and then I am back with you coming up on New Year's Eve for an all-request Saturday. In this case, that'll be a Friday night on New Year's Eve show. So one final all-request Saturday night coming up tomorrow night. And our friend Pat Sullivan from Sullivan Hardware and Garden, uh, thanks to Pat, we're going to give away a $200 gift card to somebody listening coming up on tomorrow night's show. Again, that's B105.7, 6 until midnight, the JMV takeover, the final one of this season. Then we go on 24-7 Christmas music hiatus, and we're back on New Year's Eve, on a Friday of New Year's Eve, to fire it back up with the greatest radio party you have ever heard, all request style, coming up on New Year's Eve. i got to thank everybody again here at Broad Ripple Tavern for having us. Our friends at Bud Light, remember, coming up on Sunday morning, we got you with the Colts pregame huddle beginning at 10 a.m. to get you set for the Colts on the road at the Bills. But coming up next, we have Pacer Hoops on the road in Charlotte. The pregame show is coming up. Have a great night. 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. Enjoy the game.